everybody. This is Allison Kaskowski. Welcome to this edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am so super excited that you are here with me on this Tuesday morning. I hope that wherever you are listening to me, wherever that is, that you're doing something fun and positive for yourself. So, so today, I'm really excited about my guest today. I, I always feel like I get the opportunity to interview the best people, but today is going to be a complete um, different change of pace, and I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, with everything that's happening in the world today, it's really sometimes can be really difficult. Maybe that's just a thought we're choosing to think, but it can be really hard to look around and find things to laugh about and find things that can help put us in a positive mindset. After all, there's plenty going on around us that keep us from doing that. So my guest today is an author and a world-renowned speaker. His name is Alan Klein, and his one of his areas of expertise is humor. So we're going to be talking about that today. So I'm really excited that you were able to join me today. Thank you. Thank you, and uh, thank you for inviting me. No problem. I always love having, you know, I love getting the, I love talking to people on my show because I'm, I'm always open to learning new things and, and hearing where, where other people's area of expertise is. So um, so why don't you tell my audience first a little bit about what you do and who you are. And Okay, before I get into that, you said something in the introduction that was so uh, right on for what we're going through right now. And you said that perhaps uh, you mentioned mindset. Uh-huh. So what is our mindset right now? If, if we think that this is, um, it is serious and people are dying. But our mindset could see things differently. There's so many positive things. And I hear that from other people too, and in my life, that have come out of the shelter in place, you know, uh, interacting with other people by Zoom or uh-huh. other ways. Um, and so I'd like to talk about that down the road. We don't have to talk about that right now. So sure. I, I, I didn't want to let that go because that's such a big part of, how we react to life is on Oh, I could not agree more. I feel like life is always going to give us reasons or, you know, suggestions, if you will, as to why things won't work, why they're too hard, why they're too difficult, why it's never going to happen, X, Y, Z, and that type of thing. Right. And then, you you know, so I, I'm supposedly an expert on humor. You are. About the healing power of humor. So, but what is that? That's a mindset of looking at the lightest part of something rather than the woe is me, this is terrible um, part of it. And, yeah. and the thing is, we always have that choice. Absolutely. I was just going to say, you know, you mentioning that humor is a mindset, it's a decision that people make. I mean, it's a choice, but it's also a decision. Right. And, and it's so funny because my family, my mom was really humorous. You know what? You're not going to hear about me. <laughs> but we've gotten into the conversation. Let's keep going. <laughs> no, that's fun. That's so. Tell me why. Tell me how you actually got started. Just kind of talking about humor, because I know you've written a, you've written several books and. Yeah, thirty second book comes out in December, and I look back and oh my god, how did I do that? But holy um, cow! It it came actually. It came out of a tragic situation and some people will call it tragic a difficult situation in my life uh-huh. and i really had a look at is this going to stop me or is this going to inspire me to get a, have a message that i learned and spread that with the world so what happened was 
my wife and I, we were married a little over 10 years. We were living in New York City. We moved to San Francisco, where she was from. Uh-huh. We got a Victorian house that we always wanted to have. And then we found out she had a rare liver disease, primary biliary cirrhosis. Oh, wow. And she um, had a terminal illness for three years and passed away when she was 34. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. So, you know, that was terrible. There were lots of tears. There was no liver transplants at the time. I had a 10-year-old daughter when my wife passed away. And one thing I realized after my wife died that my wife had a great, great sense of humor. And um, how it helped me and her on some levels get through that terminal illness. And yes, there were lots of tears, but there's also lots of laughter. Give give you one example, Allison. She was okay. in the hospital with a copy of Playgirl magazine with the male nude centerfold. Uh-huh. She said, Alan, I really like this picture this month. Can you put it on the wall by the bed over there? And I said, Ellen, this is a hospital. Thank <laughs> for that. And she said, well, maybe you're right. She said, why don't you go over there to the plant and get a leaf and put it over that part? (laughs) (laughs) So did you? I did that. And and things were fine for the first day, fine for the second day. But by the third day, the leaf started shriveling up. (laughs) Uh You had to come up with another plan. Concealing. And I realized looking back, just that, you know, when we start to laugh when, when we saw that happening. And I realized at that time how that little bit of humor helped rise us above the situation, gave us a reprieve, um, helped us even just momentarily get through that difficult time. Yeah. And so after my wife died, I went back to school. I gave up a business I had, and I went back to school to learn about therapeutic humor and my thesis uh, was about that. And my first book came out, which was not the thesis, but my first book, The Healing Power of Humor. And I realized how humor could help us get through any situation and that that is what I wanted to share with the world. Oh, well, and I think that's great. You recognize that that's your, that's your zone of genius, if you will. So. Yeah, and and it was so interesting to me because I thought, how could I possibly share this with your audience? When I was in um, getting my master's degree or even bachelor's degree, I would be afraid to raise my hand because I was so nervous of speaking in front of in the to people in public. And yet, I became a professional speaker to talk about therapeutic humor. And uh, I remember some of my audience, one of my biggest audiences was 1,500 people. Wow. How'd you feel (laughs) about that? Here I almost failed speech in college because I I could not get up in front of a class of like... You know, the fear of public speaking is real. I mean, it's like, it's right up there with like fear of heights and fear of snakes and all kinds of other stuff, you know? Yeah, but what I realized and what some of your listeners might get a little tip from this is that I felt, yes, I was nervous, but I'd focus on my material and I focus what I wanted to share with the audience. I I also realized I once heard um, that Barbara Streisand did not perform in front of a live audience for 20 years. She would do 
recordings because she could redo parts, but a live audience, you can't really do that. And so I thought, you know, if Barbara Streisand could be nervous, <laughs> Alan Klein could be nervous. Wow. So well, I just worked through that. Well, I think I think people, if they're really being honest, I think everyone's a little nervous, even when they're, you know, on the outside, it might appear to us like something so easy for somebody, but we have no idea what they're actually thinking. You're so right. And, and you know what I because I was doing public speaking over 20 years. And what I realized looking back, when I didn't have that slight nervousness, the program, the keynote speech was not as good because I was like too comfortable. It was like, uh, I was too relaxed with a little nervousness, kept me uh -huh. on edge yeah, and, and kept me focused. Well, and it's just, it's always an opportunity, I think, for us to revisit where are that feeling's actually coming from? You know, I, I can remember in college, I didn't, I had to take public speaking for my major. And, and I wasn't, if I, if I'm being completely honest, there was a part of me that was always nervous getting up and talking now too. And now I don't really give it a second thought, but I have to remember that even when I'm starting with a new group of students, or if I'm, you know, somewhere where nobody really knows me, honestly, I'm probably more nervous than I am in front of people that I do know. Oh, and I'm the opposite. <laughs> yeah, isn't that interesting? If I know people in the audience, it's like I get more nervous. Yeah. Well, I, I, it makes sense that that would be the case. But for me, yeah. like, well, they don't know me. They don't know anything about me. So I'm just like, whatever, you know, let's just see what happens. Uh, the, other, the other person, a celebrity I saw is Lily Tomlin. She was in San Francisco where I live and she was um, kind of pre uh, doing her Broadway show that finally was on the way to Broadway. Uh -huh. And she stopped in the middle of a routine and she said, I don't like the way this is coming out. I want to start it over again. No way. Yeah. And I thought, you know, if Lily Tomlin could do stuff like that in front of an audience again, that I could do it. So I, those were two great teachers for me, uh, Barbara yeah. Streisand and Lily Tomlin of, of uh, not, not being so, um, I don't know what the word is, but, but being more comfortable on stage with whatever happens. Well, and I think too, it's so, it's so interesting that you bring that up because those are two people that m most people probably never would have guessed in a million years have battled, you know, the case of nerves or whatever you want to call it. You probably would, people probably think that they don't give it a second thought. Right. So I, you know, I think a lot of actors um, are a little bit on edge before they go on stage. And I think that's a good thing. No, I think so, too. It just reminds us that we're all human. Yeah. I yeah. think we may have gotten a bit off subject here. But. Yeah, well, that's all right. <laughs> Who says we have to stick, stick to a plan, right? I mean, that's just life. So, so No, it's good. You know, I think because people can learn from, from what right. we were just talking about. Totally. So tell me why you think that humor has such healing power. Well, because uh, in 25 words or less, um, <laughs> because it gives us, if you could, if you're in a situation, a stressful situation, you can find something to laugh about. Suddenly you get a different perspective on that situation. You see it in a different way, a different angle. Instead of being so stressed, you see a different side of that um, yeah. difficulty. So if you're in a traffic jam and you're furious, um, you can 
change your attitude, which is one of my techniques. Like, like you can think, well, I really didn't want to go to that meeting anyhow. Now I'll be late. You know, that's great. You can put on some great music. I like to blow bubbles out the window. <laughs> you know, I like to play. Play is, if you want more humor in your life, if you play more, you'll get more. Yeah. So um, it just immediately, it's like instant, instant change of what you're going through. And even if that's only a moment, that's fine because you start to see that that moment I could change my stress. So if you could do it for one moment, you might do it for 10 seconds and then, you know, build on that. But it, it, the thing is, it gives you a different perspective of whatever is stressing you out. Yeah. And, and with respect to, you know, self-care and how people take care of themselves, I remember reading an article. I don't it was, you know, a while back, um, but it, the article was very specific and the healing effects of actually what laughter does, you know, from a biology student. You know, to the point of it, you know, giving you literally an immune system boost, not to mention a stress response, you know, a re- an outlet, if you will, for your stress. Right. And, and Wait, you're, in, you're into um, exercise and, and health like that and, and um, keeping healthy like that. And a good laugh is a, like a great workout for your lungs. You know, you're yeah. taking more air in, you're releasing a lot of air. It's really good for my, if you're really guffawing, really falling down laughter, it's great for your muscles. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, sometimes you fall down laughing in your chair because <laughs> you're laughing so much. So the, there's just a lot of, of benefits of a good hearty laugh. Yeah. Aside, you know, I'm, I'm talking more about, I mean, maybe we should talk a little about humor and laughter because they are similar, but not exactly the same. Okay. Well, so, why don't you explain, help me understand the difference. Okay. And this is my definition. If you ask an academia person, they may tell you something else, but mine is that for me, humor is when I see something that's funny. When I see something with a different attitude that makes me laugh, and then the laughter is the physical expression of that seeing that thing funny or the humor. That's 25 That's, words or less again. <laughs> uh, yeah. My simple definition between the two. No, I think, I think that's a, an interesting point because I think people, people kind of tend to assume that they're the same thing, even though most of us probably understand and appreciate that they're not. I think we can still see that they're the same. Yeah, even I, even I interchange them sometimes, but they're really two two separate things of of a common thing. I mean, they're relate very much related, of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, so talk to me a little bit more about the healing power of humor. So um, when I do say my keynote speech, I have I try to make it simple for people. I don't I don't get into too much of the scientific. I want them interacting. Um, I want them to go home with tools and tips of how to find humor in their life, particularly in their not so funny stuff. Yeah. So I have them remember the word L-A-U-G-H. Laugh. Okay. Laugh. Exactly. You're a good speller. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) So L is let go. Because if you're carrying stuff around with you, you can't laugh about it it's like this burden on your shoulders you know so it's a like weighing you down exactly 
So we do a couple of exercises. Uh, one of them, and I love this one, there's a, like 500 people in the room or even a couple of hundred. Everyone gets a balloon that I give out and then they blow their stress into the balloon. And then when I count to three and at three, they all let go of that stress. Oh, I love it. I might it is just future event. <laughs> yeah, it's just so fabulous and fun. But you don't have to be with 500 people, except including these days when you're not supposed to <laughs> be. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so if you have some balloons or buy some balloons and you're stressed out, even if you're alone, blow it up, release it. And you know what happens when you release a balloon in the air? It like spins around the room, right? Uh -huh. So hopefully it'll get you, if not laughing, at least giggling or smiling. Totally. Uh, I love it. Even smiling's beneficial. So um, again, and it takes your mind off of what you're going through. So the L is let go. A is attitude. We've talked a little about um, attitude and, and uh -huh. changing your attitude. And, you know, Viktor Frankl, who was in a concentration camp, talks about man's only thing that he really has power over is his attitude. So like now... The virus is stressing people out, but as we said, there's positive things. So change your attitude by looking for those positive things. I, my daughter, we speak every single day on the phone, and usually we'd speak one or two days a week, uh -huh. and now it's every single day, and we have so much to chat about. So that's fabulous. I'm getting to work in the garden that I've never done before and growing my own strawberries and vegetables. So I get out, I get exercise. And I have a great garden and I get produce from it. <laughs> yeah. I would I'm just giving you some of my positive things. Our neighborhood has volunteers that will go shopping for you. So actually right now there's somebody at Costco uh, with my shopping list getting things at Costco. And one of my very favorite things, there's just a lot of theatrical things on, uh, on the internet or television right now. But all these actors are coming from their home. And so I get to see some of my favorite actors, their, their house. And the other day I was hysterical because one of my favorites, I won't mention names, it was ugly. Her house was really ugly. Uh -huh. uh, the couch, the, ba the paintings, the, the wall color. <laughs> and it's kind of, it was kind of joyful for me to see where people live and how they oh, yeah. live. So that's just, you know, a little handful of, of some of the things that I've seen to help me change my attitude, that there is positive stuff in, in all of this negative things that are happening. Yeah, totally. So what is a so U for? L-A-U is, I cheated here a little, Allison, it's Y-O-U. Oh, you, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't find a good word with you. Oh, so. that's all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So you're the only one that can do it. You're the only one that can let go. And you're the only one that can change your attitude. So you need to go, G, go do it. And then I have, um, particularly in my Healing Power of Humor books, uh, 14 ways of doing that. So one of them that I think is so simple and I love is to have a prop around, something that will help you to lighten up. So everyone in my programs and my keynotes my workshops they get a red clown nose uh-huh okay. and 
I ask them, think about some negative thing, and then I give them an envelope. They don't know what's inside. They open it up, put the clown nose on. I ask them to look at each other, and of course, they start laughing, and they stop thinking about their stress. I love it. It's so innovative. So a simple little prop, whatever it is, a little toy. Uh, I have a photo of my daughter when she had a teenager, and she wanted to have a cream pie in her face, and that lightens me up when I look at that. So find something that lightens you up and have that handy whenever you're not doing well. Yeah, I love it. So that's go do it. L-A-U-G. And H is uh, just open your humor eyes and humor ears because there is laughter and humor all around us. You know, I've been noticing now with the virus that there's a lot on the internet that's funny, that's related to that. So if you'd like, I have a couple I can, I can just got the other day, someone sent me that I could read to you. Okay, sure. Go for it. One says, do not let them take your temperature going into the store. It's a scam. They're erasing your memory. I went to get bread and eggs and came home with ice cream and Snickers. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe that maybe they were successful in erasing your memory. (laughs) Yeah, right. And then someone sent me, it's, I don't know, it must be in front of a store about reminding people to keep their distance. It uh-huh. says, please keep your distance, at least four dancing penguins apart. And it has four penguins. That's funny. <laughs> and you know, that's something that people wouldn't think of, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's like a lighthearted way of, of giving a serious message. Yeah. So that's another reason why humor is important because sometimes you can you can do a serious message in a lighter way and people will listen where they might not listen any other way. That's very true. I can think of, you know, talks and things that I've been to and some of the best ones that I've been to, the speaker will do something funny at the beginning and it just kind of lightens the whole mood in the room. Exactly. And then you're much more likely to listen to your point. So here's one more I like, and particularly because I don't have a lot of hair. This one says, the drop in gas prices during the lockdown is like a bald man winning a hairbrush. <laughs> my, husband, my husband doesn't have much hair either, so I can appreciate uh, that. <laughs> so that. you know, so there's just, you know, if you need a little humor, put in humor, um, COVID, and see what comes up, because... There's just a lot of it on the internet these days. And there's a lot of just just stuff that you would just, I think, normally just, you know, maybe not give it a second thought. And then you're like, that's really funny. You know, it just whatever, it just kind of catches you off guard, you know. Right. You know, and if you come up with some stuff, write it down and share it with other people. Because that's another, I think, a way to stay healthy is connecting with others during this isolation time. Yeah, I have a good friend who's always um, who's always like telling like one-liner jokes, or she'll just say something out of the blue, like when we're to get, you know, like when we're together. If I'm, she's texting me, she'll text me some random something, and I know she's doing it just, you know, because it's funny, you know. And and I asked her about that once, and she said, you know, every once in a while, just you know, put something out there to the universe and to the rest of the world, and just keep it going. I mean, it it takes it takes one person to kind of start that and get that going. And, and a lot of people might look at it and say, 
well, that's not really, I mean, what is that? Well, that doesn't really make much sense. And then when they kind of take it for what it is, oh, okay, I got it. And then it just it right. was a lot easier. So there's all, all kinds of, of uh, humor out there, um, but you, sometimes you need to find it, look for it. Yeah. And I know it's hard when people are going through difficulties, but it's, it's, it's truly there. The other no, I agree. That, I think yeah. you, just, you have to make a concerted effort. You know, it's that decision yeah. we mentioned before. The other thing is about uh, reaching out to other people, because I think that's if we want to stay lifted up, if, if we um, help other people, reach out to other people, it just automatically lifts us up. Yeah. I'll give you an example of something I did two years ago, and I, I thought I, I need to really start this again. Every day of the year, I sent an email or a little note if people didn't have um, email telling people how I appreciated them in my life and how much they meant in, in my life. Now, some of these were people I've known for years, some were I just met, some I hadn't contacted for a long time. But what happened is I would be uplifted just kind of remembering some of my past and, and how people helped me. But then when I sent it to them, it was amazing how many people wrote back and said, Alan, how did you know I was down that day and I really needed to hear your comment? So I was helping them. I was helping myself. And then the other thing people said, you know, I want to tell you how much you've meant to me in my life. So what I realized is that it could be a little couple of words. It doesn't have to be a lot to reach out to other people during this time when we, we can't hug other people or, we, you know, we can't have dinner with other people. Now with the internet, thank God we have the internet or even the phone, pick up yeah. the phone or, or write a letter or send someone a card if you have some, that it's pretty easy to do do that. Um, yeah. And it doesn't have to be every day, maybe once a week or. Well, and I just, I find it interesting that you mentioned that because at the, you know, at the beginning of our conversation, you know, we talked about how, you know, finding humor as a decision and a mindset. And so you just gave a perfect example. It's, you know, you've taken the initiative to write someone a note or calling them. You're, you don't really know how that's going to land with somebody, but you know that they're going to know that you were thinking of them. And then it me- immediately changes everything. And that's a decision for them too. Right. So, you know, it may not be funny, but it's a way of lifting other people up and in yeah. I find in in turn, it lifts me up. Totally. So let's say that someone out there is listening and they're feeling, you know, really inspired and, you know, maybe they're just been feeling down in the dump, so to speak. You know, what, what's the best advice you could give them today that might help them alleviate how they're feeling? Well, I think two things realize, and sometimes this is really hard that you have control, that you're the one that can change that. Other people might, but you're, you're really the one that controls that. So then try to find something positive in your life. We talked about some stuff or what you're going through, positive and the negative. Or find something that will uh, help lighten you up. If you have a feather around, I love keeping a feather around. It just reminds me to keep it light. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> if you have a friend like you said you had, call them uh-huh. up you know, maybe make a date once a week. I know what we're doing now is once a week, 
we have dinner, virtual dinner online with a friend who lives in another city. Yeah. And so we, it's a time to check in, make sure she lives alone. So it's a time to check in, make sure she's okay. Uh-huh. But it's also a time we do laugh a lot. Yeah. And uh, so again, keep a reminder around, try to find something positive and reach out to someone else. Like the three R's basically is what that's. Oh, I didn't realize. What was <laughs> You said realize you have control. Uh, yeah. Give yourself a reminder and reach yeah. out to somebody. Oh, wow. Oh, that's fabulous. Thank you. So you have the three R's that you can add to your next talk, right? Who yeah, there we go. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. So this has really been and super fun and enjoyable. I really enjoy talking to you. Where can people find you? So I'm uh, prominently on the internet. Uh, com is my uh-huh. site. But they've got to spell both names right because this could be different. It's A-L-L-E-N. Uh-huh. com. And to see all my books, they can go to Amazon or wherever they get their books. And again, put in my name, Alan Klein. There was an Alan Klein who was the manager of the Beatles. Uh-huh. And he died a couple of years ago. So that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's make that really clear to everyone listening. Okay? I have to make that clear. It's so yeah. funny. When he died and there was an obituary in the newspapers, people <laughs> people wrote me and they said, are you still alive? <laughs> <laughs> and That's I thought, funny. well, if I wasn't, how would I answer? <laughs> yeah, you're like, well, I guess if I'm, if I'm still alive, I can answer. But if I'm not, I won't, right? Right, right. Right. So, um, you know, just, and I do have a TEDx talk. It's about the power of intention. Okay. Uh, which we didn't even talk about, but that's another way to, to help you get through this time is you intend not to be down, intend yeah. to have joy, more joy in your life. So TEDx talk, again, put in my name, TEDx, and there it is. Yeah, I talk a lot about goals and intentions in my mind and the way I teach mindset with a fit life. It's People, people loop goals and intentions in the same bucket. You know, goals to me are more futuristic. Intentions are more about the present. Exactly. Yeah. So have a fun, a fun TED Talk that some of it we covered today, but not all of it. And um, you'll see me in person. Well, awesome. kind, of, kind of in person. Awesome. Well, it sounds great. I'll have to go check that out. So, Alan, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you making time and your and your schedule to uh, to talk to me and to share stuff with my listeners. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate um, having the opportunity to help people. Thank you. Sure, sure, absolutely. So podcasters have to stick together, right? Uh, exactly. <laughs> so if 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 for anyone out there listening, if you um, if what we've talked about has been intriguing to you, or hopefully you got a good laugh out of some of what we talked about. Feel free to reach out to Alan at his website, alankline.com. I will make sure that all of that is right here in the show notes. So if you're out there listening and you want to know more, you can do that. You can go to amazon.com and look for any of his books or look for his TEDx talk too. I really appreciate, um, really appreciate, appreciate you being here um, and sharing your expertise. And for any of you out there, if you're still not in my private Facebook community, please come over and join me there. Living your ultimate life through fitness and self-care. We do all kinds of challenges and share all kinds of different information there. It's always a good way to 
stay connected. And if you're not on social media, please feel free to go to my website at cufitness.com and click contact us and send me an email. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, what's working, what's not working. It's all good. So this is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. We are worldwide with thousands of listeners and thousands of followers, and I could not do it without you. And I am extremely grateful for all of your support and all of your input. So this is Allison Katzkowski again with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You're one step closer to living your ultimate life. So thank you.